We're on the road with Created Equal. This week, we're going to college campuses in Florida. We'll talk to college students about abortion. Then we'll come back here to talk about our conversations. Come debrief with us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the third season of The Debrief. Uh, my name is Maggie, as you may know, but probably not because I was my first time hosting. Welcome to the microphone, Maggie. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Out of the producer chair, behind the microphone. Uh. Woo! Now we have Isaac in the producer chair. Mm -hmm. Joining me today, as always, as will be always for the now on, <laughs> for a while, <laughs> will be Seth and Ethan. Yep. And hey, <laughs> we have a special guest today, Christiana. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. I'm glad you are here too. Tell us where you're from, Christi Christiana. I am from Seattle, Washington. Well, what are you doing in Ohio now? <laughs> I'm here for the justice ride. That's it. Woo, woo. Boom. <laughs> we have the justice ride beginning this evening Tonight. as we are recording. Oh. And we're going to hit the road tomorrow morning. It's going to be a great time. We're excited for it. Yes. And you have never been on a justice ride, right? No. Christiana? Mm -mm. And... Uh, you are here with Tiny Heartbeats yes, Ministries. Correct. So tell us a little bit about that and how you got involved with them. Yeah, I was attending a Bible study and someone I knew there was doing outreach with THM. And I kind of made it known that I wanted to do outreach of some kind, not necessarily abortion related, just trying to use my faith in some way. And he was like, hey, I know this group that does something. Would you want to join them? And I was like, Sure. And so I did. And the rest is history. I've been at it since I think October 2022. Yeah. 2022. That was nice. last and year. Just a couple of months. And yeah. Maggie, I don't know if many of our listeners would know already, probably several of them do, but Andrew Karen, the founder of Tiny Heartbeat Ministry, who of course you know well, not mm -hmm. Christiana, right? He was an intern, what, three years ago? Anyone know? I don't know how long ago it was, but he was interned <laughs> here with Create Equal Summer several years ago, then went home to found Tiny Heartbeat Ministry. So it's pretty cool what they've done, what they've achieved, and we're excited to have them on the trip again with us this year. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. I would have never known about Created Equal if it wasn't for THM, so nice. really thankful for that. Yeah, they, you are off on the far reaches of the American frontier, <laughs> where we have not really reached into, except for sending Andrew back home to yeah. um, to reach. So, well, that's pretty huge that he went and started his own organization. It is huge. I mean, this yeah. is yeah. this is a guy in his twenties, right? He went home to start his own five hundred one c three. It's very cool that he is doing that, and the team has just grown. It's continuing to grow, so it's very exciting. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, Ethan and I have never met. Andrew, right? Oh, really? Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm talking yes. like as if you're old. I <laughs> <laughs> have no clue. Yeah, yeah I, I, we've heard lots about him, of course. Of I know. course. Yeah, heard a lot yeah. about him. I've met Lucas and is it Steven? Yeah. Steven, yeah. He's yeah, the yeah, other yeah. guy who helps run it. It's mm -hmm. the three of them. So, but yeah, never met Andrew. I've heard a lot about Andrew from a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. If you guys came to Washington, you would definitely meet him. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I know that our talk, we're talking about the justice ride, but that is kind of the pattern of the internship too, that people come here for the summer to spend time with us and go home to do their own work at home. And that's what Andrew did. He was yeah. trained here to lead outreach, but going home and just leading his own outreach occasionally was not enough for Andrew. He needed to start an organization <laughs> yeah. that he has done. So check out tinyheartbeatministries.org. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, check yeah, it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So... Are there any other, I know you said that you wanted to just start into our outreach, not mm -hmm. even necessarily abortion related. Yeah. Have you done anything similar before? No, I had never really been, I guess, like I'd never done street evangelism, evangelism in any way. Like I told my friends about the gospel here and now, but it was never anything serious. It wasn't until I started doing outreach at the abortion clinic every week that I, I saw that this wasn't something that I wanted to do just once a week. It was something that mm -hmm. I wanted to do more often. And so that kind of looked like sharing the gospel like all the time. Um, I have family members who aren't Christian, so 
whenever I get the chance, I always want to make sure I'm just like, and Jesus died on the cross for your sins. <laughs> and if you repent and believe, you can be saved. So it, it kind of bled over into other parts of my life, the importance of being active in your faith and not just letting it be something that only impacts you, but impacts the people around you. Well, that really gets to the heart of what we do, right? So mm-hmm. we're trying to apply our faith to culture today. We are trying to rescue people who are being killed because we, we have this command from our God to rescue those being led away to slaughter. So mm-hmm. Christiana, if I could ask you, why do you, I'm sure this is something you have reflected on somewhat, do you see a lack of Christian engagement applying faith to culture? And why do you think that is? That many people are, so you saw this need and you went out and filled it, right? But, and you did find other people around you doing that, which is great, Tiny Heartbeat Ministries, but do you see a lack of that in our culture? And why do you think Christians are not, why do you think many Christians are choosing not to engage the culture with their faith? I think, I think there are two parts to that question. I think there are people like me who wanted to do it. They just didn't really know mm-hmm. how to do it. And yeah. I'm really blessed to have had someone that was kind of in the know about it and able to introduce me to everyone at Tiny Heartbeat. Um, but I think there's also this kind of fear of man, I guess, that everyone kind of wants to go with the flow in our culture. No one really wants to stand out. They want to stand out in a way that's like socially acceptable. Mm -hmm, Um, So you don't have a lot of people standing up for what's true, even if they truly and genuinely believe it because they're just afraid of what people might react. Um, And in Washington, we get probably the worst reactions i would imagine in the country oh it's a friendly place right the pro-life <laughs> yeah. view <laughs> yeah it's, it's not exactly a place where you would want to be doing anti-abortion ministry mm-hmm. but you also i think being there kind of shows people just like who are just even just driving by that they're not like they're not alone in their thoughts if they think abortion is wrong and if like some ragtag teenagers like <laughs> could do it on the side of the street then they could too so yeah. That's powerful. I, I think you're exactly right about that, about the two-part case, and that is it's really cool that you had someone who could lead you, mentor you, show you how to do it, which is very exciting, and that's what the justice right is, so we're bringing these students from across mm-hmm. the country. You came from the West Coast. We have people coming from, what, Texas and Arizona, I think, pretty far, so all coming together for this purpose because we see a need to do this, but also, as you said, we want to find someone who's doing it well that we can follow after, so that's beautiful, and that's what you're doing now, right? You're going to be part of, um, even though you may be still being mentored by Andrew and Tiny Heartbeats and now by Creative Equal, you're going to be sent out to do, do that on your own. And that's really exciting. Yeah, yeah I can't wait for it. Yeah. Could you tell us what do you expect from this week? I really, I really enjoy looking at how other people sidewalk counsel. I think it's really interesting to see what people think is the most important thing to say. And you can kind of learn a lot in what they emphasize. And so in the outreach that we do back in Washington, we've kind of gotten to know everyone and everyone has like their own little style of doing like sidewalk counseling. But we all tell each other like our like the things that people have told us that encouraged us or things we think that would make people change their minds, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or get them to talk to us more. And so I'm really interested to see what Created Equal finds important to share with with the women at abortion clinics and just to learn from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How often do you go sidewalk counseling with TH? So we go once a week. I think they started doing it last last May or last June, something like that. And they've been at it ever since. So I, I don't know if they've missed weeks here or there, but every single week we try and have people that are out there. Right now, because we can't be out there because it's Thursday right now, uh, we actually have uh, people from Tiny Heartbeats that are covering for us. So it's really cool that... There's always going to be someone there. So. Yeah, good. What's your favorite outreach 
that you've done with THM? Hmm. That is a good question. Or one that stands out in your brain. I think when we did a intensive with Love Life in Washington, we had like 40 people at the clinic. And that like normally we have like maybe eight to 10 Mm -hmm. on a lucky day, but we had like 40 people there. And so there were like so many people just on the sidewalk with signs and there are people on the other side of the street with signs. And there were just people who were listening to uh, Maggie and Ethan who were uh, sidewalk counseling to some of the women there. And one of the one of the first people that they talked to and this group of like, I think it was like 10 people that were standing behind the sidewalk counselors. Uh, we're hearing everything, all the conversations and just listening in. And one of the first people that the sidewalk counselors talked to was an older guy who was walking down from the clinic with two kids, a daughter who looked about seven and a son who looked about nine. And the man was very angry with us. He thought he kept on saying how it was absolutely none of our business to be there. It's none of our business to tell these women what to do. It's none of our business to do anything. And one of the sidewalk counselors spoke up and said, it is our business because they're killing innocent children in there. They're even killing your child in there. And the man got very angry and very upset. And he was holding the hands of both of his children. And he just looked at the sidewalk counselor and said, I can kill my children if I want to. Oh, my. And that, I think, was a really eye-opening experience, not only for everyone who was there, but also the people who were listening in for the first time had never been out sidewalk counseling. And they were just hearing the response Mm -hmm. that people had. And it was, it was really eye opening because I think oftentimes we think of like the average person, like Joe Schmo, like Miss Nancy, you know, just like good people, you know, they, they wouldn't do anything to harm anyone intentionally. And then you see how this average father, you know, it could have been anyone you saw at a grocery store had such an intense reaction that he literally said in front of his kids that he could kill them if he wanted to Mm -hmm. and absolutely no remorse. And that I think was really eye opening for everyone there and was definitely eye opening for me as well. I think you're right. I think that, you know, so if you're on the front lines interacting with the culture a lot, you become familiar with that kind of response, which is still very shocking to the average person, the average pew sitter, maybe who has, who has not for the reason you said before, maybe they are fearful of being disliked by the culture or they just don't know how to start cultural engagement publicly. They haven't really interacted too much with people who are hardline abortion advocates. Not the average person thinks, yeah, it's okay to allow abortion or whatever, but someone who really believes the full philosophy like this gentleman who thinks, you know what, it is my choice to kill my children if I want to, right? But that is a very common view, and mm-hmm. it's very dangerous and very scary and so very eye-opening. So I think that's very important, that, as you mentioned, that people saw that. The question is, Christiana, what do you do when someone says that kind of a thing? And maybe in that moment, you know, there were so many of you, right, you couldn't really say much, but if you were to have a chance to sit down and talk with that guy one-on-one, what might you say to him if he were to say that again to you? I think it's okay for me to kill my born children even if I want to. What would you say to him? Or what do you think listeners, anyone in that conversation, what could we say to someone in a moment like that? I would ask if maybe it's okay if someone else did that to his child, right? Or if it's okay for him to do that to someone else's child. Because children are not property. They are not something that is just inanimate. They are human beings, despite whatever the culture may say, they are human beings at the point of conception. And so I think maybe I would challenge him on that. I don't know. I I think if I was in that situation, I would just let his words speak for himself because I find that maybe gets people to question what they just said more than anything. I think immediately firing back with, oh, like you just said that, you must be a horrible person and all this stuff. 
Well, I, I do think it's a little true. <laughs> um, I, I think I think just letting his own words speak for themselves because that'll I think that'll make the biggest impact in being like, oh, I just said that. Did I actually mean what I just said? Mm-hmm. This is season two for you now, so you've been around for a while. So what do you think about the interaction Christiana had? Have you seen that kind of a response from people? I've never had someone say directly that they can kill their children if they want to. I've had people say things, though, similar that are very flippant and just show a disregard for children's well-being mm. in general, um, but never something to that to that extent. It was really shocking for us too. Yeah, and so, but I think what what you said, Christiana, just letting his own words speak for himself. Very often in conversation, it's easy for us to just want to fill silence. Mm-hmm. And after someone says something shocking or fires back, we always want to get our word in there and counter it. But oftentimes what's more helpful is just just let that sit. Not that you don't respond to it at all, but just let there be silence and force that person to actually think about what they just said. Because oftentimes we say things, even as Christians, we say things we don't actually mean uh, when we think about it, when we go back and like, I shouldn't have said that. You know, when a little child tells their mom, oh, I hate you. And then later they realize, no, I actually don't hate my mom. I was just speaking out of anger in the heat of the moment. I think it's good to let people think about the words that they say and let there to be some silence there so they can really process, do I actually believe what I just said? Yeah, that's really good. I agree with you. Another a question I have for you, Christiana. So we're going the justice ride, right? Mm-hmm. Going to Florida, we have students flying from across the country to come together, this ragtag team, as you mentioned. Yeah. We're going to be a ragtag team, especially <laughs> after several days of sleeping on church floors uh, and in yeah. campgrounds. Anyhow, but so we're going to college campuses to share the truth about abortion, mm-hmm. right? And our listeners are very familiar, but still, you know, if you could summarize just in, in your own words, for anyone listening who's like, yeah, I want to go to justice ride someday, or I want to go talk to people, I need someone to mentor me as you've been mentored, what is the basic, simple case of why abortion is wrong? This is season one of, sorry, no, not, it's episode one, <laughs> season three, right? So it's a good time to remind ourselves why is abortion wrong? Yeah. In your own words, what is the case against abortion? Yeah, at THM, we always say that the intentional killing of a human being, of an innocent human being, is always wrong. Abortion always does that. Therefore, abortion is wrong. Pretty simple, right? Yeah. What would you say if someone says, well, how do you know the fetus, the embryo is a human or a living human? Yeah. So at the point of conception, that embryo has all the DNA it needs to become a fully developed human being. Mm -hmm. And so even to the point where a mother, if she gets pregnant and she has HIV, the baby is so distinct from her, the baby can be born without HIV. Mm. And Mm -hmm. in, in those kind of cases, the baby ends up getting HIV not through birth or through the when they're growing in the womb but actually through like breastfeeding and things like that because that's where like the disease is transferred to Mm -hmm. and so we can see that at the point of conception there is the baby has its own dna and even as the baby starts growing we don't say the mother has 20 toes now or 20 20 fingers we say the mother has 10 toes and 10 fingers and then the baby that happens to be located inside of her womb has also 10 toes and 10 fingers Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so weird when people walk up to the sign and point as they will this week on the justice right say, well, that's that's a woman's body. Like, really? Okay, that head? That's mm-hmm. the mom's head there? Right. I, I don't think so. She still has her head. Her head was not ripped from her body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The baby's head was ripped from her body. Yeah. A question for you, Christiana, kind of changing topics. THM, like Created Equal, uses a lot of abortion victim imagery, showing the victims of abortion. When you started doing outreach with THM, were you familiar with imagery like that 
Yes. Um, I grew up watching a lot of Steven Crowder and Ben Shapiro okay. and Apologia Studios. Yeah. And so they definitely showed um, mm. abortion victim photography. And so I was familiar with the images. I, I don't remember the first time I saw them, but I, I, I knew what abortion looked like and I knew yeah. what the aftermath of that looked like. Mm -hmm. What was it like the first time for you doing outreach, taking those images and actually standing by them and having conversations with people? What was the reaction you got? Well, when we're on the signs at the clinic, we don't actually have a lot of people who are like talking to us. Sometimes mm -hmm. we'll have like a car drive by really slowly and yell yeah. things out the window. But I was kind of shocked about how much people felt the need to respond, mm -hmm. both positively or negatively. Yeah, There were so many people that just drove by and didn't say anything. And I think that is the most hurtful thing i th guess when you're out there is that people aren't even phased by it right i would much rather have someone yelling in my face about how i'm ignorant and i know nothing what i'm talking about than someone who's just walking by and very visibly does not care to talk and respond to the photographs whatsoever mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i would agree do you feel prepared for this coming week um maybe <laughs> i i feel i feel confident in in the lord and so i know that whatever happens ultimately God's will. I'm praying that God's will be done. Um, so I am not confident in my own abilities, <laughs> but I mean, I trust that God knows what he's doing. Which yeah. part makes you nervous or uncomfortable? Mm, I think sleeping on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> God will sustain you through yeah. that. Yeah. If that's the worst thing that you're I know, I'm like, that's pretty good. Yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like I'm like, okay, well, I, at least I have experience because I feel like in Washington, it'll definitely be like it's definitely a lot worse than I think it'll be in Florida. So I'm, I'm, I'm not very nervous for the outreaches. So yeah. What about meeting this group of you know we have dozens coming from across the country? Is that cool for you? Exciting for you? Kind of nervous? Yeah, know? I'm really interested to talk with people who maybe like they've never done outreach before. Mm -hmm. So I think it'll be really cool to experience together everyone some people's first time. Yeah. And just getting a chance to like, I remember my first time and I was. I was so nervous, yeah. and so I, I'm hopeful that I'll, I'll get a chance to kind of make friends and just, I don't know, give some information to people who are nervous mm -hmm. maybe and be like, you don't have to be nervous. Yeah. It'll be okay. You seem like a very outgoing person. So. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think that'll probably come It helps when you talk to you. strangers on the streets, right? Yeah. That's a helpful yeah. thing to have. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're about coming to the end of this first episode of the third season Boom, there it is. <laughs> of The Debrief. So thank you so much, Christiana, oh, for joining for us me. today. Yes, it was wonderful to have you. And one note before I forget, listen to the end because we're going to have a little short note from Lexi, our host for the first two seasons. But with that being said, thank you so much for debriefing with us. Hey y'all, it's Lexi popping in real quick to officially say goodbye. I've loved hosting the Debrief Pro-Life Outreach and now I'm handing over my spot to Maggie. Thank you so much for listening to season one and two of the show and now on to season three.